Ricky, are you there? I'm here. Can Steve? you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Steve, you there? I am. Perfect. Yeah, so I, I'm i very excited for this today. I, I, I sent Ricky a text, um, I guess it was a few days ago, and said, I, I, I think in these just crazy and insane times that we're in right now, some of the calls that he and I have had doing our own uh, spiritual direction together and that, that relationship when, when things have been tumultuous for me personally has been such a centering, such a kind of grounding thing for me. It's, it continues to be that. And as I've tried to figure out what it means to be a community of people, what it means to be the church during quarantine of all things, um, I, I've just tried to think of new ways that we can interact and things that would be helpful. And I can't think of anything that would be more needed or necessary right now than uh, contemplative prayer and silence and all of these things that Ricky and I talk about so much. And so I just said, Ricky, what is there some kind of format that we could do like in a podcast setting that would be a prayer service or silence? And we, We've kicked some ideas back around, and I think what we've got today is going to be really meaningful to people. And so, one, thank you, Ricky, for doing this, and and two, I'm just so excited. I'm excited to be to be part of this. I I love the church. I love you. I love Steve. And what a what a great combination here as we we seek to be together and be church and open the hearts and depths of our being to God during these strange, strange times. When I, when I got the document that you sent, that kind of is the order of service for this today, I, I love the title that you put, uh, a meditative prayer service for these strange times. And they, they are very strange. They are. I've never seen anything like it. They're off balancing. They're stressful. They're uncertain. They're anxiety-producing at, at some level, I would think, for everyone in some way. Strange, strange times. So, Ricky, maybe just ask you to respond to this question then. So, like, what you know, why is it so important for these types of things in these moments? And I know that the easy, you know, pastoral church answer is just that, well, we need to pray or, you know, we need to always spend time whether it's prayer, reading scripture, stuff like that. But even beyond that, and specifically in these types of moments, why is this type of service so important in your mind? What we're engaging in a meditative way, the, the, the name of the service is a meditative prayer service for these strange times. And so we're really slowing down, seeking to be fully present and, and open to God in, in a totally yielded way. Uh, one brother called it uh, abandonment to divine providence. When when you just don't know, you yeah. just don't understand. Yeah. And and so what we're doing here is we're connecting with the scripture in this deeper, more meditative way. And we're we're connecting. Uh, I've used some of the prayers from the ancient church uh, across the centuries of the church. So we're really connecting with with the communion of the saints, our brothers and sisters from across the centuries. And in this little service, we're going to be praying as they prayed, even praying with them during this time. Yeah, because even though it's, you know, maybe this coronavirus or whatever seems unique, I mean, 
you know, despair and uncertainty and all of those sorts of things, that's not unique. We're not the first people to experience those types of things. And it's just so helpful to connect spiritually to our, our past with, with those who've also walked through just such times of uncertainty, I guess. Yes. Yes. And, and we're one with those brothers and sisters and there's strength in this community that isn't just limited to this time and place, but it's an unfolding community, a developing community, even now. Yeah. I, I think uncertainty is the right word. It There's just so much that we don't, we don't know how to give voice to this. We don't know how to put language to it. We don't even know how to articulate what we feel. And sort of like that T.S. Eliot quote that we talked about yesterday, Ricky, we don't even dare to hope because if we did, we'd hope for the wrong things out of this. And so we are left with this like awkward, ambiguous sort of state of uh, a nagging anxiety and all of that. And so how, how do we respond? And I think it's such a helpful thing to go back, you know, historically and, and find these, these things that are rooted in history and that don't feel modern, but just feel, have that familiar ring of, of truth that's kind of sustained itself throughout the ages. And, um, even personally, I was thinking about this this morning, um, you in particular, Ricky, but also this practice, um, has meant a great deal to me personally. Like, so the way that Lectio Divina, um, was introduced to me was in one of the darkest, strangest, you know, St. John of the Cross, dark night of the soul kind of moments for me at Southeastern. And I got invited into a, a, a weekly Lectio Divina, um, session or whatever. And it was, it was a, a, a source of life for me. Like it was like a, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't want to, uh, to cheapen it with words, but this, this sort of thing, this kind of prayer, this kind of meditative thing was something that, um, I really clung to and still cling to. And so I, I hope it is meaningful for, for others. I hope that, um, this finds you in a place that's open to kind of experiencing new things and, uh, yielding to, to the spirit in a new way. Amen. Amen. Well, are we ready then, Joseph, you think to, uh, to do this little service, this, um, simple, but I, I, I trust profound kind of order of prayers and readings. I think, I think so. Just, just set it up. What, what the next few moments are going to be with some of the things that are coming and just kind of give people an idea of what the, what the shape of this is going to be. All right. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it is a way of slowing down and being present, being open and being yielded to God. And, and we're going to use three core elements to do that. We're going to use silence. So, so even though we're recording a podcast, we're going to have some, some moments of silence throughout this little, just two pages of uh, prayers and readings, um, just two pages, but there'll be some silence folded into that. Not, not too, too long. So silence, scripture, and the scripture in, in terms of really being present to a smaller portion, but in a deeper way. Silence, scripture, and then some of the prayers or some of the comments from uh, from brothers and sisters across the centuries. Uh, that that these these have been these have been preserved in the tradition because they have expressed the heart of Christians 
century after century after century. So those three things, we'll, we'll sort of alternate those. Um, I, I will, I'll facilitate the, the whole process and there won't be any, any, uh, real extended silence. So I don't, I think everything should flow pretty smoothly. Don't be thrown off by some silence, but become comforted that there, there will be some, um, there will be a next moment of words and images and so forth, uh, coming, coming forward. And as we're going through the, um, I mean, I've actually written this as, as, a, as a document, as a formatted order of service, but I will, I will add to that some commentary, some elaboration, a little bit here and there. So silence, scripture, readings with a little commentary. Wonderful. Well, then let us begin. And let me, let me begin with just a brief word of spontaneous prayer personal prayer from my heart. Oh God, oh God, thank you for your presence and action. Thank you for drawing us into a deep relationship with you, an ever deepening relationship with you. Thank you for the spiritual friendships that Joseph and Steve and I share and, and all of the many spiritual friendships that we have across the church. And God, we just take these few moments here to kind of celebrate that, to lean into that, as we offer these words, these silences, these yearnings, these, these cries for help and orientation as we offer them to you. Have your way in this simple, short, but deeply felt, deeply meant service, we ask in Jesus' name. And we begin. My brothers and sisters, grace and peace to you from God the Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Like the prophet Amos, we seek a God who turns deep darkness into bright morning and darkens the day into night, who calls the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. So, O oh God, today, let our prayers be set forth in your sight as incense. And let us now worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Some silence. continuing <clears throat> oh god in these strange times we open our hearts to you for your presence and action in the depths of our being lord we know if we say surely the darkness will cover me and the light around me turn to night that darkness is not dark to you the night is as bright as the day darkness and light to you are both alike so, Lord, as we recognize your, your capacity to see in the dark and to bring light into darkness and to provide support and guide and lead, Lord, we just turn our hearts over to you. Most merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. 
for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will, walk in your ways and manifest your life through our lives. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in union with the Holy Spirit. Amen. A brief silence. Now, most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all true blessings, give to us, your servants, that peace that the world cannot give, so that our hearts may rest in you, and that we, being delivered from fear, may live in peace and confidence. Be divine light in our darkness, O Lord. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of the night. For the love of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask this. Stay with us, Lord Jesus. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken our hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and in the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. And keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all of this we ask for your love's sake and in your name. Amen. Some silence. Now, a scripture for Lexio Divina. Lexio Divina is, is a practice of taking a short section of scripture and sort of chewing on it like a cow chews on cud is one Im image, where you're, you're taking this smaller portion and you're just letting it resonate in the depths of your being, looking to hear the voice of God in the spirit and hear it with your spiritual ears in the depth of your being. And looking to listen to the response in the depths of your being of your own heart to the presence, the action, the word of God. So in Lexio Divina, there are a couple of uh, different ways you might approach that. But we're going to do, do a reading of this scripture twice. Be Psalm 139, a portion of Psalm 139. And it is, uh, we, we will read it, have some silence. And as I say, you're listening for the voice, the presence, the movement of God in the depths of your spirit. And we'll read it again after some silence and uh, just looking to have it go even deeper and listening for the response of your own heart to God's word, God's presence, God's love, God's care. We won't, we won't have any commentary on the scripture, no interpretation. It's a practice that invites us to primarily just be in communion with God and to enter into direct relationship with the scripture without a lot of, of um, without a whole lot of human commentary. So two readings of the scripture, uh, some silence in the middle, some silence at the end. The scripture is Psalm 139, 
verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit, O God? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night all around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, O God. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Some silence. The second reading for today of the same scripture in this meditative way. Where can I go from your spirit, O God? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Some silence. And now just a brief meditation to help us yield even more fully, more deeply to the, to the Spirit of God. And we'll work off Psalm 4610, which reads, Be still and know that I am God. So here we go. A meditation for presence. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God some silence. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. So as we moved deeper into God, more fully opened to God, more completely yielded in the midst of this uncertainty that we've talked about. So embracing the uncertainty, welcoming using it as an opportunity to surrender all control to God 
in terms of this prayer time, I mean, obviously, we, we when we're not in prayer, we'll have to engage things and be in control of situations uh, as appropriate to our responsibility. But in in this in this it's in this place where we are dealing with with the depths of our hearts, really yielding anything and everything and all things to God. And one of our brothers from the tradition, from the unfolding of the tradition of our our family, I often call them our weird uncles and our strange aunts. One of those is Thomas Merton, and listen to his degree of surrender to God, his utter openness to God. This is what he wrote. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following you and your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I know that you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Some silence. And now another prayer from a brother who only lived 17 or 1800 years ago. Uh, St. John Chrysostom, one of the great church fathers of the third or fourth century. And this is what he wrote in terms of this kind of yieldedness and desire. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, the desire for God is eloquent to God, our mere desire. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Some silence. And then the last prayer coming across the centuries. This is a prayer of acknowledging what a gift it is to have been made a living member of the body of Christ. To be to have these brothers and sisters, not only in our present context, but really the communion of saints, as we call it, across the ages, the mystical body of Christ. And this is a prayer of thanksgiving for that. As we've as we've experienced that in these moments of working through this simple prayer service. So the prayer goes, eternal God, heavenly father, 
we acknowledge you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food as we engage your scriptures and these ancient prayers of the church. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Some silence before we move to the conclusion. As we conclude this prayer service, may the God of hope fill us with joy and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. That was the prayer of the Apostle Paul in Romans 15. Our closing words. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and all our loved ones forevermore. Amen. Joseph, I'd like to, as we, as we round out this time, I'd like to just engage in some conversation, some interaction with you and Steve. It was really moving. I, I, I think um, it's very centering, very, very necessary. I don't know how it struck you, Steve. No, I. Uh, it brought me to tears. Um, these types of things, it's just, it's easy to think how people would label this sort of services. I don't have time for this in this type of moment, but it's probably one of the most important things that we could give our, our time, our time to. I, um, I heard, I heard that Merton quote earlier uh, last week. Um, it's far away from me, so I'm having a hard time reading it. But the line uh, in it that's arresting to me is, uh, but I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. I, yes. I, I, love, I love his acknowledgement of not knowing, I don't know anything. I got like, you know, we're, we're approaching a God who's infinite. And, uh, and so to do so, uh, arrogantly or with certainty, um, feels dishonest. And so for Merton, who's a master to say, I don't know anything, but I believe that, that does that the desire to please you pleases you. That's such a, that's such a freeing thought to me. And I think it's freeing and strengthening and knowing that we share that kind of depth of uncertainty, but also depth of trust.
depth of abandonment of our lives to God is very strengthening, very orienting and balancing uh, for for me. And being able to share in this with you two mm-hmm. uh, in this person-to-person exchange via uh, this, the technology that we share. What a what a joy. I just feel I just feel a sense of delight mm. and grace. One thing that really stood out to me that um, you know, when you were reading the Psalm 139, you know what what it what it didn't say like when it didn't say if i try to make my bed in the depths you'll stop me and bring me back to the to the heights or like uh, you know the 23rd psalm doesn't say if i begin to walk through the valley you stop me and pull me back up to the mountaintop it's yeah. it's it's that the presence is there in those moments as well that you know god God is present in valleys. God is present in darkness. God is present in places that seem so unlikely. And then, of course, you know, then the cross itself is probably, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but the cross is probably the moment in history when God seems the most absent from the world to the point of Jesus's own questioning of that presence, yet somehow it is the moment in which God is probably the most present with his creation. And it's, it's just, it's comforting in times like these, I guess. Beautiful, beautiful truth. I love that thought, Steve. Not, not a, not if I were to make my bed in the depths, but if I do, if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I'm, you know, on the far side of whatever, you're you're there. Or uh, the twenty third Psalm, even as I am in the valley of the shadow of death. That's um, that's a good thought. So I think we live in a time when, when certainly there is darkness and confusion and uncertainty and threat. But that means God is is in one sense, I mean, to us, in terms of our experience of him, God is more present. God is moved by these moments of suffering and uncertainty and and uh, almost a sense of despair, that God is deeply, deeply moved. Amen. Yeah, I, um, the thing that I've been thinking this week a lot, and I, I talked to you about the T.S. Eliot quote. I, I didn't send you the uh, the piece that N.T. Wright did in the Times, or not in the Times, but in Time Magazine. It is, I think, for me. So I won't make it universal, but for me, I I wanna I wanna connect the dots. I wanna try to make sense out of things. I wanna try to like spin something and like really give voice to hope or something. But not even just hope ambiguously, but to define what it is. So I want to I want to be able to say what this moment in history is going to do for the church or for the world or whatever. And um, and I can't remember the exact uh, headline for that that piece that he put out, but it was something like Christians offer no answers for coronavirus or no uh, something along those lines. And it, I I would ask you the question so. If, if we're not supposed to try to manufacture certainty or, uh, you know, 
try to prognosticate about what what is happening or why this is happening or whatever. If we are supposed to be okay with the senselessness of suffering, maybe not okay with it, but to sit in it and to allow God to be God in it. What how how do how do you, Ricky, kind of do that? How do you how do you sit with that ambiguity and and also not be paralyzed in it? Well, it's not easy. It's not automatic. And and um, even now, I've been I've, I've been walking consistently with the Lord for fifty years now. I, I rebelled as a teenager, came back to God in my early twenties. So pretty much fifty years, most of fifty years. Lots of moments of of blowing it and finding that God was there after I did it wrong, said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, mm-hmm. misunderstood the situation. That God then, he, w- he was underneath all that, he was holding it, he would work good in the long run. That I, it didn't depend on me. Thank goodness, because I, I messed up <laughs> more than once. Yeah. Many times, more than once. Yeah, God. God only makes sense to me in retrospect. I think I've told you that before. I mean, yeah, you, you look yeah. back and see the places that God was present, and uh, it's uh, it's always despite uh, what I think is my brilliance or my own great ideas or something. It's always in spite and around those things, and not, and not because of them, which is uh, which is comforting, actually, because yeah. Uh, you know, I've never been more acutely aware of my own limitations and, um, and somehow God works within that. Amen. Amen. And then when you discover fellowships with other brothers and sisters who have come to that experience, come to that understanding that faith is really the only way that we know God in depth and closeness and intimacy. That faith is the key. And, and you have brothers and sisters that you share that depth and that the, the hardness that it, that we underwent to, to get to that point is what a deep fellowship that is. What a wonderful comfort and sense of connectedness that is. Yeah. In times like these, I think, uh, I've never, I've never had more of a. Uh, how can I say this? I've never been less interested in modern writers. Uh, like I, I've never had more of a desire to be connected to something that's feels old and and tested. I I told Steve the other day, uh, and, and Steve sort of alluded to it as well. Like uh, th- this thing may feel unique and it is that all of the world is infected with a single virus and all of that. Um, but you know, my grandmother's 92 and, uh, she was in high school or finishing high school at the end of world war two and 87 million people died in world war two. So there's been, Mm. there's been unspeakable loss and senseless kind of, uh, horror in, you know, the, the span of someone who's living now, their lifetime. And so I I do think that um, that it is good to go back to people who have experienced things like this, that have, you know, that have walked through the depths and to 
to be rooted uh, in the thing that they are rooted in. Amen. Amen. This was lovely, Ricky. Is there anything else, Steve, that you want to say? Uh, no, I think that I think that would was fantastic. And um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else for me to add to that. Ricky, thank you for guiding us through that. I, um, I, I, it is a, it is an enormous gift. You, I, I, I've said this to you before, but I want to say it publicly on record. You have been an enormous gift to my own life and helped keep me sane in the midst of, you know, crazy or trying times. And so, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to uh, share you with the people that are in my world. And, um, I, I just really appreciate you doing this. It's been a joy and an honor and, and uh, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful. Perfect. But thank you both. This is, this is a gift to me. You two are a gift to me and, uh, I'm, I'm grateful and I love it. Well, right. we'll talk soon, Ricky. All right, sounds I'll, great. I'll send you. Okay. The, I'll send you the link as soon as it's uh, as soon as it's edited and, and posted. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. All right, we'll talk soon. Hopefully. All right. All right. Goodbye. Bye bye.